Hey, Isaac, I'm calling because I think you're a shallow friend. What? I don't need herbal enhancers to feel good about myself. And if you're so concerned, why don't you try eating some yourself? Grandma called and she said for you to go home because you're ruining all our lives and eating all our steak. I call you a delicious bass. I spent summer in in Alaska hunting wolverines with a freaking 12 gauge. (laughs) (laughs) Knock it off, Napoleon. Make yourself a dang quesadilla. Napoleon, make yourself a dang quesadilla. (laughs) We're running low on steak, but whoever is going to come by and pick it up and fix that. Oh man. How many times Uh, do you think you've seen this movie? Oh boy. Too many times to count. Too many times to count. This is one of those movies. So I think I've said this before um, on the podcast where there are certain movies that my family just watched all the time growing up. And Napoleon Dynamite is one of those movies. This is a movie that we quote all the time and it, just makes us laugh every time like we and if it was just on we would turn it on and we would sit there and quote it together as a family a lot of bonding over napoleon dynamite how many times have you seen it i think i'm in the same camp i think i think maybe if i had to put a number to it i would say 10 10 times probably because this was this is something i wanted to talk about right off the bat this movie is very clean like Mm -hmm. very family friendly and mm-hmm. it um and that's important to note because if you if you're listening to this show and you have for a while you know that I've mentioned that I was pretty sheltered growing up and I was allowed to watch this because like there's no foul language in this like the like my mom freaked out that Napoleon said crap because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to when this came out and um yeah I was I was in fourth grade and I was allowed to watch this like a wow. like a comedy and this that's... is the only straight up comedy that I ever saw I think in theaters. Oh, so you went to the movie theater and saw I'm pretty it? sure I did. Wow. Yeah, I I need to I need to pick my brain a little bit more but I don't know maybe it was home release. I can't remember. I remember there was a girl on my softball team who I played up on softball, brag. And humble brag. Humble brag because anyway, so I played up and so she was in middle school i was in the fourth grade when this movie came out or i guess we were both in the fourth yep. grade and she, so she was in like i think the seventh the sixth or seventh grade and she was sitting there quoting it and my mom had seen it and so they were quoting it back and forth to each other and i was like what is happening i want to i want to know what you guys are doing because it was very rare for me to have someone else just quote stuff with my mom that wasn't someone in my family so I was like, mom, can I, can I watch that movie? And she goes, yeah, you can watch that movie. And we watched it. And the first time I watched it, I was like, this is so dumb. And it kind of still to this day, I think it's kind of dumb, but I, I love it. I've grown to love it and appreciate it. And it's, I think that it's, it's brilliant. Really funny. Actually. Yeah. It's actually <laughs> so dumb. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it was because there was this girl that I played softball with that was really into it and quoted it all the time. And I was like, okay, I want to watch this movie. I remember, so my brother is seven years older than me and mm-hmm. he had, he had his friends go see this movie like three times in theaters. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think he saw it at least twice, maybe three times in theaters because all his friends were like, let's just go see. It. It's like the best movie ever. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Crazy. Crazy. That is this, crazy. This movie, like I, I'm I'm having this. So I'm going to try to explain this, I guess. We, I, we got into like really into movies a couple years ago, or I, I did because you told me about Letterboxd and then 
that's how I found out about a lot of other movies. And I, I was logging literally everything I'd ever seen in my life. And there are a couple movies and Napoleon Dynamite's one of them where I, I would give like four stars or four and a half stars or something like that. And remember like, Mm -hmm. This is a solid movie. Like this holds up. It's kind of timeless, but I didn't actually. No, no. Okay. So like I had given it three and a half stars. Okay. It's Napoleon Dynamite. Everyone knows it, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I rewatched it yesterday that I came to the conclusion, like this is a comedy masterpiece. Like Mm -hmm. timeless will always be one of the best comedies. Um, But have you had that experience? Like when you've, you're kind of like, well, I really like this movie, but I didn't remember. I don't know off the top of my head, whether or not it's, it's falls into that, like, category of like being eternally beloved yeah sure uh i think that well so for me sometimes it's it's trying to determine okay is it going to be eternally beloved to me because of you Mm -hmm. know this is something i've seen a million times and i i love it and it has like sentimental value to me or is it eternally beloved because it's you know kind of like what you're saying this masterpiece uh just all around great comedy that kind of thing and so for me, this was, I always was like, yeah, this is, this is top tier classic. Uh, I'll love this forever. Mm-hmm. But rewatching it yesterday or this morning, I watched it this morning and it, I was cracking up. I forgot yeah. some of the lines <laughs> that happened yeah. and I was just like, oh my, this is amazing. And so this morning I was like, this, this is, this is top tier. Yep. Yep. Classic, classic comedy. What were some of the scenes before we get into the movie? What were some of the scenes that you had forgotten about that just like completely caught you by surprise again? Because I, I have a couple of scenes that fell into this category. I think I think one of the like funniest lines is after they go to see Rex at Rex Quando yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he's, uh, just, he's smacking Kip. And he's just smacking Kip. But then after they oh, leave. Geez. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh after they leave that and napoleon's on his bike and kip is like being pulled behind him and he uh, he just says the line well that was a total ripoff i forgot he said that and it made me laugh so hard because i was sitting there thinking this is so like what a terrible thing but this is something that would happen anywhere in like flyover country and so that line was really funny to me. I forgot about the scene where Napoleon comes in and puts Kip in a headlock. Yeah, and he's just like rocking. He's just going, yeah, he's going back, back and, and forth. forth. And he goes, I think you ripped my mole off. Jeez, oh, I think you ripped my mole off. <laughs> what were some of yours? It'd be nice if you could pull me into town. <laughs> <laughs> that, and then, um, I, oh yeah, they're like, he's like, Come, why don't you come down here and try to hit me napoleon <laughs> and then he like does some move on him and then deb rings the doorbell and he's like i'll get it and then he just like smacks him smacks and runs him. away <laughs> yeah i keep goes oh jeez oh, <laughs> don't be mad what does he say um don't be mad at me because i've been talking chatting online with hot babes all day all day yeah all day uh, don't be mad because i've been chatting online with hot babes all day your impression is so much better why do you love me <laughs> I, think, I think that was the hardest i've ever laughed all right i think that was the hardest i laughed in the movie because as soon as the credits started rolling i remembered oh there's like that whole wedding scene after the credits and the credits roll for like just a couple minutes because it was such a small production. And then 
the wedding starts and it's so funny because the grass is like going up to everybody's knees in the, <laughs> like in a field somewhere they hadn't prepared and then kip does his little song and lafonda's just like beaming from ear to ear it's so good i think oh my god oh my gosh this movie all of it is perfect it's so good lafonda <sighs> just whenever kip is at the the bus station and he's holding the sign and it's and it has LaFonda on it and she D-U-H. walks out. <laughs> yes, L-A-D. It's spelled exactly how you would pronounce it. Oh, man. Uh, and then he goes, Kip comes out and they're going out to get some prime rib. <laughs> okay, so and much- he has a do-rag on and he's like, he's like, I'm pretty sure LaFonda's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm, and not, uh, I'm sure there's- I'm 100% certain, certain yeah. she's my soulmate. I'm 100% certain she's my soulmate. <laughs> He goes, what does he say? I'm sure there's someone out there for you too, Napoleon. Peace out. (laughs) Peace peace out. (laughs) (laughs) Is this whole uh, episode just going to be us referencing and just referencing the lines? That's why. Did did you read? So so I think this is a good transition into the fast facts before we continue quoting the movie. Just quoting the movie. Let's pause and do the fast facts. We've never done an episode like this before where we're just, we start off so heavy handedly quoting it. And so, like, obviously quoting it, except probably Scott Pilgrim. I, yeah, I was, I was just thinking, I don't know if we've we've done a movie as quotable as Napoleon Dynamite is since Scott Pilgrim. But so this, this movie is so iconic and it was such a fun time for the crew to shoot on that whenever they finished filming a scene, the cast and crew would be quoting whatever scene they just filmed like that's that's amazing i've never heard of that in like all the trivia that we've done on our episodes and we haven't we haven't covered a ton of comedies but it's hard it's hard to imagine that not happening you know what i mean it's like it's like you don't you wouldn't think like well i bet they were quoting this like crazy whenever they were filming it because it's so good or whatever but it's so it's like amazing but also not surprising do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, again, this is just one of those movies that I quote in everyday life, and, and I think a lot of people do. In fact, I quoted this, or I didn't even—I didn't mean to. I, I said something that was very similar to one of the lines that's read, and then in, in this like group setting, and one of my professors from grad school was like, <laughs> "Oh, I want that." And so we just oh, started quoting that. Napoleon Dynamite. There was a whole group of us. We were doing uh, we were doing interviews for the the grad program, and my professors were just quoting it. So so <laughs> it's pretty iconic. If, what do you what do you quote the most? What, what do line? I quote the most? Yeah, uh, mine is by far. Teeny, a fat lard. Can fat we get lard, some food? Yeah. Yeah. Eat your food. Eat your eat the eat food. Your, eat your food. Uh that one, the Tina, come get some ham. Jeez. <laughs> we do that a lot. Jeez. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think do you think anyone wants a roundhouse kick to the uh to the face while you're wearing these bad boys? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> It'd so be nice. it'd be nice if you can pull me into town. That's still probably one of my favorites. Really good. Oh, if, if coach had just put me in the fourth quarter, we would have been state champs. Uh, back in my day, I could throw a pigskin a tw- quarter mile. <laughs> really? How much? You, oh yeah. How much you want to bet I could throw a pigskin over these mountains right now? <laughs> oh man, if, Ch- 
coach just put me in. I'd be, I'd be living in a big old mansion, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. You know what? This is pretty much the worst movie ever made. You know what, Napoleon? <laughs> you, you can, can leave. leave. <laughs> <laughs> the I think gesture I actually, is so I, good. The gesture that's so like just... No, Isaac and I just keep doing the gesture to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're not yeah, watching yeah. this, which no one is, because no don't one's watching this. It. We don't. We we have two of our episodes on our YouTube channel. That's we're, it. We're so. really good at this. We're so good at this. Speaking of being really good at this, maybe we should inter- do our introduction and ad read at some point. It's a great idea. Let's do them right now. Get it over with. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement, and this is Flyover Film Country, a podcast about movies set in places off forgotten by Hollywood. We are continuing our Flyover Essentials series where we each pick a film that we believe to highlight the Flyover Country experience. And we also want to give a shout out to our man, Eric, who is um, going through a job transition right now. Congrats to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why Eric's not with us today. He's yes. he, we, we didn't kick he's him out. He's alive and well. He's he's good. He's thriving. He's and he probably loves this movie. So oh, I bet he does. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm really sad that Eric isn't here to quote with us, but it's okay. He's he's got he's got know, a lot going for him. He's right. got a lot going on, being an adult, and mm-hmm. it's you know proud of him. Yep. Anyway, for today's episode, we're going to discuss Napoleon Dynamite, one of the greatest cult classic comedies of all time. Which, if you didn't pick up on that to begin with, ju- we just want to clarify we are officially doing Napoleon Dynamite for this episode. Yes. So it's important that everyone knows that. Um, yeah, for sure. And before we jump into the rest of the episode, we want to give a shout out to our producer, Ready Set Podcast. They have prices to fit any budget, options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters, and they make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help you record, edit, and publish. And if you have a podcast idea, they will give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or social media. Their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz and they are on Instagram and Twitter and I believe Facebook. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. So, so let's, you want to continue with these, the trivia and behind the scenes? Yeah. So I didn't know some of this until you, until I read through this. You did a, a really good job with this. Well, thank you. I'm going to see, uh, uh, I'm going to see real quick if I can pull up the, so, so we'll, we'll share this out on Twitter and maybe Facebook and Instagram if possible. But a lot of what we're, uh, the facts we're about to read were from the HuffPost um, article by Lauren, Lauren Duca from 2017, or it's updated on 2017, just talking about how Napoleon Dynamite became so beloved in popular culture. But so one of the reasons, and I I was actually not really surprised when I found out this, but one of the reasons this movie is so clean, as we were discussing uh, at the top of the show, is because Jared Hess and John header are both uh, Mormons. And so there's a, and I had no idea. I had no idea about that. I had no idea that John, uh, is it header or heater? I thought it was, is it heater? I don't know. We should probably should have figured that out before. We should have figured it out. Why don't you keep sharing and I'll figure it out. Uh, I did not know that he was Mormon. I saw that on that that they met at BYU, and then I just thought, is he, is he Mormon then? Like, uh-huh. what? Because I don't know how many people outside of maybe like ath- like athletic scholarships go to BYU if they aren't Mormon. It's heater. So it's heater. Yep. Yep. Okay. So yeah, BYU has a film program and an animation program, and that's what uh, Heater was in. Whenever he was doing yes. acting on the side, and they, I also didn't and, know that. 
him and Jared Hess met at uh, at BYU. So also Hess wrote the script for this movie and for Nacho Libre with his wife, which I did not know. What I didn't know that. Yeah. So I because I was looking it up, and his wife's name is something that's unusual. It looks like uh-huh. Jerusha or something like that. And it's I thought Jerusha. I think Jerusha. Yeah. Okay. See. Mm-hmm. So I, was, <laughs> I looked it up, and I was like, I don't even know what that name is and so i looked her up on imdb and i saw that they were married and i go oh well that's super cool and yeah fun. again and nacho libre is in the same caliber yeah. it's like an iconic name that starts with n and it's very clean <laughs> and heartwarming names. and quirky so yes yeah yes nice. jack black he's he's a national tre- treasure for sure aren't you glad we're doing a jack black movie next Yes, we'll save that till the end. Though. We'll save it till the end. And make it's our a little everyone, treat for the end. Everyone figure out what we're list are gonna cover next. I, I feel like most people could probably just guess. We haven't covered a single movie that Jack Black's been in, correct? No, I don't think we have. No, we haven't. Yeah, so it'll be fun. We love Jack Black. He's so great. Yeah. Anyway, so your your next fast fact: there was a weird kid that they wanted to play Napoleon. But Heater was able to take some of his mannerisms and b- brought the character to life, yep. which that makes sense because Napoleon, the character of Napoleon just kind of feels like that one weird kid yeah. in, in your class. Not not necessarily like a in a bad way, just kind of quirky, does his own thing. Uh, Isn't like, a- yeah, he's not uh, affected by social hierarchy at school. Like he'll ask like the most popular girl if she wants to play tetherball. He's not freaked out by that. Yeah, so, yeah, he just kind of does his own thing. It there, it's funny because I went to elementary school with a kid who, you know, that shirt that that Napoleon wears that has a helicopter on it. Yeah. Okay, there was a kid in my elementary school who had that same shirt. What? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. And so he, and it's very, he was very similar to that, and just kind of did his own thing. Was was. He was super nice. He and I were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just kind of did his own thing. Didn't really care about like the social hierarchy or anything like that. Some kids were kind of mean to him. Uh, but anyway, I always thought that was so funny. Every time I saw that, that's what I think of. It's like, oh, kid from elementary school had that shirt. It didn't really click for me until I watched the movie this time that this is a movie about out about outcasts mm-hmm. like it like on the surface it wouldn't seem so, but like the the shot of the three of them at the dance uh Deb, yes deb pedro and napoleon just kind of looking at everyone else dancing it's mm-hmm. very much like this movie's kind of about being an outcast but but how much you appreciate your other friends who are outcasts yeah and i i really love that because he said you we all knew a kid who was like like not the smartest but probably making good grades but not athletic but mm-hmm. kind of knew everyone and like but kind of weird so uh he's like we just wanted that to be napoleon yeah. Well, in that particular shot that you were talking about, I hadn't thought about it before. I also haven't watched Napoleon Dynamite in years. Same. I don't remember the last time I watched it. And so I hadn't, re- I didn't really remember the scene at the dance where it's just the three of them. And there's a shot from like behind where they are looking out into the, the rest of the gym. And I just, I really liked that scene. Like I thought it was yep. a really well shot scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like Hess is from Kansas. I think he's from a small mm-hmm. town in Kansas. Yeah. So, which part of me, I couldn't remember where this was filmed. And then they mentioned something about being 
in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I it's, I think it was filmed in Idaho. It was. Yeah, I looked yeah. it up. It was filmed in Idaho, uh, but I didn't know where it was set until they say it later. And I was like, oh, yeah, but it feels it feels like Kansas. And I don't I don't know anything about Idaho besides potatoes. Uh, but it, I think that it's pretty much set up it, it, like geographically. It's very much um I don't know if geographically is the right word. As far as the terrain is concerned, it's very much like Kansas, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty breadbasket, potato basket type of yeah. farmland agriculture. My favorite coffee in the world is roasted in Idaho. Yes. Oh, we talked about that last week too. It's called Do- we Doma. Doma. Free shout out. Go order their coffee. It's so good. It's amazing. So good. I would give a free shout out not paid sponsorship. Um, something else I love, like, so you read, you read that, that Huffington post article and you get this sense that, and this, this is why this is another reason I appreciate and love the movie so much more after watching it and reading a little bit more about it is like, they, this is ultra low budget. I don't even know off the top of my head what the budget was. You may have seen it. it Um, but you know, so like Hess made a short film that was, Based, it was black and white, and it was became what is Napoleon Dynamite. And him and John Heater worked together to create it. Was it what was the budget? 400,000. And you're not surprised by that because it's so like it, the lighting, the lighting is always the same. The, the only mm-hmm. night shoot is when they're, and it's not even a night shoot, maybe it's just like indoors at the dance. Mm-hmm. The lighting's always the same. It's not bad. Like it looks like a movie, but it's not flashy at all. Um, you can tell like it's so endearing watching this so many years later mm-hmm. and like almost 10 years or 20 years later and knowing that they had so little money and they were just they were just scraping it together. And at that point, I think it's so cool that it became so popular. Like it grossed like $44 million. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I did not that, know it made that much money. World insane. Yeah. Worldwide, it made forty six million dollars, yep. which is crazy. Yep. Yep. And it, it you know, skyrocketed both of, both of them to fame. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's just cool knowing like that. Was that as far as you know? Was that the start of like breakthrough ultra budget, because like indie comedies? Because this was before Juno. I know. I was just thinking. I feel like this may have paved, and we talked about this being an inspiration for Juno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I think that honestly, at least for in my memory, for uh, our, like our generation growing up, like this probably was the first like breakthrough indie movie that most people have seen. Like Juno was another one, but this was probably the first one that was not you know this big production. Or from a big studio or whatever. Like this was just some indie movie that these guys put together and got picked up by 20th Century Fox. Yeah, and got and and I remember like in that article you can see how shocked they were that it got into Sundance. Yeah, and 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 like he said, I think has said I just I wanted it to do well, but it was he said never he they weren't expecting it to get into Sundance. And then after Sundance, it opened in six theaters, so like wide release on in Ju- on June 11th, 2004. Wait, and so then, like and then after that like, I think it spread like wildfire. So So when you say six theaters, like like just I one, think two, it, six. That's that's what it says. One, two, in the three, article. four, five, six, like six into I once said one, two, six. What the one, two, what is six. wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
that's you need to turn the, the Olympics off. The something. Olympics are I, distracting you. I Just know. Kidding. I mean, I don't, actually don't have them on. This is probably the first time we've recorded in a while where I haven't had some sporting event in the background. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe I should have a sporting event in the background. I'm, I don't know. Anyway, you've been you've been dynamite up until now. I and you still are. Oh, thank you. You're just being you're being really hard on yourself. It's thank, okay. Thank you. I should show myself a little more grace. Yes. Yes. So okay, going back to this. <laughs> anyway, so six six Only theaters, six. and then and and they talk about so like what was what were some of the movies that recently or in the last year that had like per seat in each theater had an incredible return on investment. I think maybe Minari or yeah, it was either Minari or. Yeah, I can't remember which which movie it was. But anyway, it was one of the, is one of those types of situations where it had to have been those six theaters. People are like, "This movie is incredible!" Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who these people are, but this is it's fast paced. It is hilarious. We don't we've never seen comedy like this before. And I'm assuming from that point, it just spread like wildfire because it came to Little Rock. Like nothing comes to Little Rock, and I remember <laughs> distinctly that. Uh, like my brother and his all his friends went to see it like multiple times. So I wish I wish I could remember if it came to Duncan mm-hmm. because if it came to Duncan, that would really say something. But I don't I don't know if it did or not. I I, sh- I should have asked my mom beforehand. I bet it came to OKC. Or, I'm sure or, it came like, to OKC. Yeah. yeah, like if it went to Little Rock, it most likely came to, to OKC because I feel like you and I have like had similar experiences as far as like being frustrated with certain movies not coming to our perspective hubs yeah, and or our respective hubs and, or sometimes one will come and not to the other, but I imagine this probably did come to OKC, but I don't know if it came to Duncan, which is a small, like a small town. So mm-hmm. it would really be saying something that did, but anyway, moving on. When, when he- Jared has his mom saw this movie at Sundance, she went up to him and said, well, that was a lot of em- embarrassing family material. <laughs> <laughs> because this movie was like apparently verbatim like a lot of the writing were just transcripts of conversations he had with his brothers growing up <laughs> hey they say right what you know and he did teeny a fat lord <laughs> teeny a fat lord the time machine is also another good scene that kind of <laughs> i'd forgotten about it's just shot it's shocking him and he's like kill it kill it kill it it's just Shut it off! Shut it off! Piece of crap doesn't work. And then well, I could have told you that. Yeah, Uncle Rico comes in, and you can tell <laughs> he's actually ice. he's actually upset it doesn't work because he so badly wants to go back. He like, so badly wants to go back life. to what? Yeah. Eighteen or nineteen eighty four? Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. Um, also, one of the interesting things about this is that when they when they had written like a full script for the movie initially they had a lot of the characters being really cartoonish and the actors were the ones who kind of brought brought it back a little bit and grounded the performances and that's why you end up with this comp this very very good balance of like grounded but and, and restrained but at the same time like way over the top like especially napoleon Mm-hmm. Um, because Pedro's yeah. just kind of like, or Pedro's just like very blank the whole time, and he's like, you know, uh, the perfect foil to someone like Napoleon. So, yeah. Also, something I just thought about. Speaking of like foils to characters, I was thinking about how uh, Napoleon comes across Pedro's cousins in that yeah. that really cool car, and when he goes to pick up Trish, Trisha from 
from her house or whatever her dad answers the door and Who's in my he, driveway? he goes what is that in my driveway and he it cuts to them and you can see the hydraulics like like lifting the car up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and when he gives uh they have the little uh uh woven woven key ring from deb that are like <laughs> yeah. and he passes it to the the nerdy kid who's getting beat up and he's like pedro offers you his p- protection and then <laughs> immediately cuts to the same bully uh, trying to steal that kid's bike and his pedro pedro's cousins pull up in the same car just shake their head and, the and, just shake walks their head. <laughs> and he he like looks at him and he like is kind of taken aback and then he just walks away and uh, the kid, i think the kid's name is randall randall looks at the keychain and he like nods he's like whoa he was like he wasn't lying <laughs> yeah well because on the side of the car it says vote for page yeah, yeah yeah oh so good so funny okay isaac i gotta ask did you or maybe your brother or maybe some of your brother's friends did any of you guys have a vote for pedro shirt growing up no but it was one of those things where i was like oh, i kind of want one and then it was it was more iconic with like people my so if we were in fourth grade, Becca probably saw this in theaters and Rachel almost definitely did. So I bet it was like Rachel and Micah and their friend groups. I think a lot of people either okay. made or had those those nice. shirts for sure. Yeah. I kinda wanna get one though after watching get one now. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, should that'd both, be great. we should both get some. And my they're probably pretty one. cheap. They sell them like everywhere. Yeah. I think you could honestly, they might have them at Walmart. Yeah. I think, that, I like, think they do. I'm actually going to look next time. Walmart I will just randomly have like graphic tees. So I'm yep. just like, oh, yeah. Or, or, uh, Old Navy. Mm hmm. Anyway, um, so Napoleon, Pedro, Deb, and Kip are all themselves without any great amounts of shame, and that's another reason that I think this movie was such a hit is because people, people, it, like indie movies are relatable because it's it's quirky, it's down, it's kind of like you know just d- people who are down to earth, even if they're weird, they're mm-hmm. they're themselves and genuine, and I think that's a defining characteristic of indie movies. Mm-hmm. despite being or other than being low budget um and i think that's why people like this movie so much is because everyone is themselves like yeah. they're all embarrassed of themselves to some degree but everyone is like this is kind of this is just who this I is kind of who i am yeah yeah well and i mean it was what we opened this episode with was when deb calls napoleon mm-hmm. and she's like she's very confident in who she is and, and her body which is awesome and that's yep. not something Go that dead, especially man. yeah yeah especially in 2004 that was very against the grain of of the culture for for like women and women's body shape yes so so deb was very confident <laughs> also speaking of people commenting on deb's body was whenever she's in the cafeteria drinking milk and napoleon and pedro are talking and he goes hey do you dare me to go talk to her and he goes yeah and so he goes over there and he says why are you drinking two percent is it because you think you're fat because you're not you could drink cold milk if you wanted to and then he just (laughs) walks away oh my gosh oh man anyway but yes i agree these characters are are just who they are and i i love that they're very they're relatable because of that Mm -hmm. i think i think that they're all like like Kip is very much who he is. You could argue that he kind of changes himself for his girlfriend, but also I think that most people change themselves for their significant mm-hmm. others to a certain degree, whether they realize it or not. Yep. Uh, also, that may just be Kip 
being more of himself. That's so true. Why do you love me? <laughs> Peace out. Peace out, Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to start saying that. Maybe that's why I do that. I will. I think that's why I do that. Does he do it with two? I think he does it with one. With one? I feel like I think he does it with one. Just one. He does. He does do it yeah. with one. Because I'll often, if I'm not sure what to do, which is a lot of the time whenever I'm in social situated situations, I'll, whenever I, I see people, I'll just put up two mm-hmm. peace signs to the side. And maybe I just was like, oh, I'll just do what Kit does and make it my own. Peace out, Napoleon. Peace out, Napoleon. Who anyway. do you think is the villain of this movie? Uh, I feel like the most obvious and simplest answer is Uncle Rico. Yes, that's but that's I, who I think. But then I'm kind of like, I think it's I down to whether or not it's Summer or Uncle Rico. And I think it's Uncle Rico because he's just in it more and has more of a direct impact on Napoleon. Yeah. Yes. And I, th- I mean, Summer is just kind of that rich, popular girl at school that she's not really antagonistic no other other than saying no which is like she's not mean about it she just says no and then yeah and then like her friends "Mm." her friends uh (laughs) i was reminded of what's trish trisha is the girl yeah took me like an hour and a half to do the shading on your upper lip (laughs) (laughs) such a bad and the picture's not good (laughs) it's probably the best drawing i've ever done (laughs) oh man it's um she, he she's not nice to him at the, she leaves him at the dance and that's kind of sad but um to to go hang out with summer but yeah summer's not yeah. really a bad she, she runs against pedro but other than that she's not like a bad character so yeah also do you know who so do you know who the actor is that plays summer isn't it Haley duff's it's, or it's Haley duff it's Haley right? duff hillary yeah. duff's sister hillary duff's sister yeah how about that Classic. how about new that look, look at you new she looked familiar yeah so, yeah so uh john heater can really dance like that and they kind of made a game time decision they i think that Hess just saw him dancing and was like you're gonna do that like as the finale and he's like what and then it ended up working perfectly it's such it a was so funny, good. good dance oh my gosh i'm pretty sure that one of one of our friends that also went to high school with Eric and me. I'm pretty sure before I moved to Fort Smith, he did that for a school talent show. Yes, I remember because I was I was thinking, did someone do it for like for a pageant at UCA? Yeah. And then I was it, like, no, I don't think so. But I knew someone I knew did that. Yes. So yeah, I think yes. yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Which I wish I had been there to witness that because it would have been amazing. Yep. So so good. So he can good. dance like that, and he did all of the drawing. Which I guess includes the uh, opening credits. The opening credits were amazing. I love the opening credits. I, I like them more than, um, I mean, not Scott Pilgrim is like probably my number one opening credits, but I like this more than Juno. And I really okay. like, I really like those opening credits too. Yeah. I would oh, have to actually sit there and think about which one I like more. I don't know which one I like more off the cuff. But Just knowing that this, that, that Heater probably did all that. Yeah, and, and, and helped really arrange impressive. it, and how how little money they had kind of yeah. makes me go with this one. So, but I, I just because I, I was very I was struck off the bat, like um, you know, because you have the white stripes, um, mm-hmm. which and, yeah, 
I had no idea that was the white stripes for the longest time. It was oh, really? probably until like a couple of years ago when they were, it was, I think they were releasing a, a new like greatest hits album since, you know, white stripes don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was watching like a trailer for it and it, it played that it played a bunch of songs. And I was like, wait, I, I know way more white stripes songs than I, than I thought I did. And that song came on and I go, that's a white stripes song. <laughs> Yeah, so the first time I heard that song, it was a cover by Jack Johnson because he did all the music for the Curious George movie that came out probably in 2006 or so. Something like that. And that song was on that album. That's a great album. Have you? I I don't know if you've ever listened to it. I've listened to to a lot of it. Yeah, it's just, it's Jack Johnson. So it's It's like super chill. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is good. And then I didn't realize until years later that it was um, The White Stripes. It's just so different than all of their other songs. Yes, exactly. Like, I think when most people think of the White Stripes, they think of Seven Nation Army Mm -hmm. because we live in flyover country and football is the biggest deal. And so that plays at every single football game. High school, college, doesn't matter. I'd be fascinated to know how much um, the White Stripes or Jack White and his sister have made off of the royalties from Seven, Seven Nation Army. Wait, it's his sister? I thought it was his wife. Is it his wife? I thought it was. They were. I mean, they're divorced. I, that's why they broke up. Was because really? they got divorced. I'll Am look going, it up. I'm going crazy, huh? Anyway, let me look. Look, look anyway. real quick because I I could have sworn that it was his sister. I really but, thought uh, it was his wife. Yeah. His, no, yeah, you, you, you. It's might be his right. wife. It's his wife. Okay, I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. I admit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't don't come for me. It's okay. It's okay. Wow, they were together for a really like the band started in '97. But why did I think it was his sister? I don't know. Megawai is is his ex-wife I probably just assumed that that's crazy he's my favorite guitarist he's super good he's so you know good. how i know have he's you seen like really have you seen it might get loud that yeah. documentary with him and it's him the edge and um jimmy page and so three of them oh. just playing and and uh jack white and jimmy page are like just shredding and the edge is like barely keeping up it's so funny to watch <laughs> He so I just love I I know he's he's very talented because Beyonce had him on her Lemonade album. Oh yeah, which, I love that song. Which, yeah, it's a great song. Don't hurt and yourself. So, oh, Don't hurt yourself is a fantastic song. That whole album is so good. Anyway, anyway, but also fun fact about Jack White: he performed at Kane's one time, which is where you and I saw Bleachers in Tulsa. Yeah, and so at that at that at Kane's ballroom. He performed there. He liked that area of Tulsa so much that he ended up buying a house. So like he spent most of the pandemic in Tulsa. What? Yeah. Isn't that That's crazy? so cool. Or yeah. I don't know about most, but he spent part of the pandemic in Tulsa because he had a house there. That's so cool. Yeah. Great anyway, guy. Fun fact. He yeah. kind of reminds me of Johnny Depp, which always yes. kind of throws me for a loop. But then I'm like, I remember that. I hear him like, play guitar and see him play guitar. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I feel okay now. <laughs> I feel okay now. Yeah. So anyway. So. Great soundtrack. We got, uh, I can tell that we're going to be friends set to the opening credits. We have uh, Time After Time. We have the, the Promise and uh, Forever Young. What are, what are the, there are a couple more that I'm missing. It's like iconic 80s songs. I feel like that's, well, there's the, oh, well, this isn't an iconic 80s song. This is, uh, an iconic 90s song and it's uh backstreet's back by the backstreet boys yes yeah, that yeah, plays yeah. when summer performs her little routine or whatever at mm-hmm. the, the with the happy hands club thing. yeah 
Oh, it's whatever song that is playing with the happy hands where he's doing the I don't I guess it's a, it Some looks like a say love that one. It is a river. So were they doing ASL there? I think so. I think they are. I think that's I the, the shot of Napoleon doing this, like just kind of zoning out, was also something that I would do. Like after I saw the movie, I, yes. when I was with friends, I just like start doing that, and they'd be like, "Yes, so. yeah." I remember the the girl I played softball with; she did that all the time. Yep. And I thought it was just so funny and so weird, and I was like, "I've got to watch this movie." But yeah, so that that song, I heard that song on the radio with my mom a few years ago, and I just started cracking up because it all every time I hear it, I think of Napoleon Dynamite. And she goes, "Why are you laughing at this song?" And I was like, "Because it's on Napoleon Dynamite." And she goes, "Yeah, but why are you laughing at this?" And I was like, "Because it's the scene where he does the the bird thing, mom." Yeah. And she goes, "Yeah, but this is like a really sweet and sincere song." I go, "Okay, well, it's been ruined for me now because I only associate it with Napoleon Dynamite." Yeah, the um. I, I put a note in in the agenda about the editing, and it reminded, it reminded me of the scene where he meets Pedro and shows him his locker, and they become friends. And then he's like, "So what do you?" He says something like, "What are you known for?" Or whatever, and he's like, "Well, I have a bike," and he's like, "It's got pegs, shocks," and it like cuts to each part of the bike, and then it cuts to Napoleon. He goes, "Lucky," and Lucky? that's another. Yeah, one that's the quote. other thing. Yeah, that's another Lucky? line that's quoted a lot. And then he's like, have you done any sick jumps on it? And he's like, not yet. And then it cuts to them in front of Pedro's house doing the jump. And like Pedro does like a very normal jump up or yes. like ramp off the board. And he's like, you got like three feet of air that time. And then Napoleon does it and just smashes into the cinder blocks and like racks himself. It's so funny. <laughs> and then um, like another that I forgot um to that i didn't want to forget about and i wanted to quote all of it was when he does his uh current event at the beginning of the movie yeah. <laughs> and he's talking about nessie he goes i forgot that he said any of that that was so funny and it's just that's one of the things like and it's an editing thing i'll i'll make the comment after i read the quote last week japanese scientists ex-placed placed explosive detonators at the bottom of loch ness Lake Loch Ness to blow Nessie out of the water. Sir Godfrey of the Nessie Alliance summoned the help of Scotland's local wizards to cast a protective spell over the lake and its local <laughs> residents and all those who seek for the peaceful existence of our underwater ally. <laughs> and then it and then it like it cuts to the class just staring at him and then it just cuts away. And like I think that's another reason people were like, What is this movie? Like yes. it's just like going from joke to joke, but not in like a like this is a joke kind of right. like over the um like over the top way like Wayne's world is like yeah we're going for every joke we're being obnoxious yeah. and goofy and it's just like the dude it's like because you had you like I probably did stuff like that when I gave current events at in some of my like co-op classes when I was like in 10th grade yeah. um so anyways just yeah well because there was always that one kid in class who if if it was some sort of like civics class or any sort of class where you had to present some sort of current events, there was always that one kid who would just somehow find the most random off the wall bonkers thing. And everyone is just thinking, what, what, what are you doing? What are you talking about, dude? And Napoleon was that guy. I have a, I have a wild theory for you. Okay. Tell me, tell me your theory. Do you remember when he gets on the bus at the very beginning? Uh Uh-huh. 
And the kid's like, what are you going to do today, Napoleon? Whatever I feel like doing. Gosh. Gosh. And then he takes the action figure with the fishing twine tied around it and throws it out the window and just drags it all the way to school. You don't see anything about the action figure later, right? Yeah. I have a theory that that is a metaphor that Jared has put in there for that the audience is the action figure and that, that we're, we're just, just so, being, we're just along for the ride. Being dragged along. Yep. I kind of like that. I like that the symbolism of that because you really are the first time you watch this. I feel like most people our age watch this at a it's disorienting. You're like, what? And it's also yeah. thrilling because you just don't know what's going to happen next. And it's so, I don't know about you, but when I watched it for the first time, I was probably 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was probably 10. And you just have no, you've never seen anything like this. Cause it, it feels like this is one of those movies that's just kind of about, about nothing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. because it's just like like we've talked about this being a like a slice of life movie which i think you and i have i i've grown to appreciate them and i think you really like them too oh, right yeah. Zephyr. Yeah. so so i don't know how many of those movies 10 year old me had seen at that point and i think that's one of the reasons why i was like this what's even the point of this movie well there's not necessarily a point and that's okay that's the point but that's but yeah no that's the point yeah. and that you're just and I think that most people, at, when this movie came out, hadn't seen a whole lot of those types of movies. Well, I'd be curious to, and like, uh, I guess we could have researched this, but like, I'd just be curious to see if there's like what the closest thing prior to this is, because there were there are, have always been low budget comedies, but Napoleon right. Dynamite struck the the nerve of the of the millennial generation that would that was like I resonate so deeply with that because so few movies depict like the mundanity of every single day of my life, like going to high school and just seeing weird stuff, but no, like it's not memorialized in Hollywood really. Right. It's very, this is, this is just kind of what it looks like to go to a high school. This is, you know, it's not like, you know, there's this big to do about like clicks or like social groups or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not over the top in any way, really. Um, something that I, I appreciate is that they had an FFA and, and that Napoleon was in yes, FFA. Yes, well, and, and Pedro, too. And Pedro, yeah. They both have the jackets and the ties. And, and yeah, the, and then the, after they compete, they have like their little medals because they won. Did you notice that Pedro wears his medal in the tub when he's like yes. really hot? <laughs> I like, didn't realize that until... <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting. he's sitting in the tub and the candles are all With lit the candles. yeah oh man I which have, yeah so many so many like small towns have ffa i i don't i feel like we talked about this before but i don't remember i'm pretty sure that Southside did not have ffa on it at all really i don't think we had ffa but i'm i mean too blue collar we yeah it's a little too uh blue collar for yeah, a little too for blue collar for smith south side yeah for south side for sure for sure uh but that's a big deal in small towns i i know i know other people who were really involved in ffa do you so, think kip has a fear of riding a bike maybe but he he'll get on rollerblades which i feel like are more, more dangerous. dangerous yeah doesn't really make sense just makes for a really funny two funny scenes. scene i yeah there might not actually be a legitimate reason why he doesn't ride a bike i just yep. think that well that was a total ripoff well, that was a total ripoff um 
I love so I think I think the hardest I laughed the first time I saw this I just so vividly being like kind of shocked but like you don't see you don't actually see it happen but when Napole- pretty early on in the movie when Napoleon's waiting for the bus and he wait he says good morning to Lyle and Lyle kills the cow <laughs> apparently that really happened to Jared Hess like that was a real memory like Lyle was a real farmer and he just was like Hey Lyle, and then <laughs> the kids screaming. It's one of those like the first like, and then and again like the editing cuts mid screen. Like yeah. just nope. And it's school. never addressed again. Right, right, and and I think growing up for me that was like this is actually probably now that we're talking about it pretty foundational, definitely foundational for like my sense of humor moving forward and what I appreciate in, in comedy 100%. and movies because like good comedy is all about well I mean obviously delivery and directing but like editing too in like physical comedy like scott pilgrim has an amazing physical comedy and it just cuts away and you're you just are so shocked at what happened but also you're able to appreciate it and it's not horrifying because you didn't see the cow's head get blown off or whatever so yes (laughs) i think the first time i saw it i was crying laughing um it i I so as soon as he comes out and says like comes out to the front yard and says hey to Lyle I remembered what was going to happen like it clicked in my memory that it was coming up but I had forgotten that that scene happened and so when I watched it this morning I was cracking up because it was just like those poor kids but this is hilarious oh man because just imagine telling that story as an adult like oh yeah i was on the school bus and then this happened and it's just so crazy and funny and sad all at the same time (laughs) (laughs) i'd also like to shout out pedro for telling or or for for boldly again like pedro's in the same camp as napoleon like i'm I'm gonna ask that girl out she's really pretty and he's like Mm -hmm. uh really that's summer wheatley like the most popular girl at school what are you gonna do to ask her out i don't know build her a cake or something (laughs) Which is so sweet and sincere. That's like so thoughtful. Yeah. And he he gives great woman advice to Napoleon. He's the only one who gives woman advice to Napoleon later on when Deb gets mad at him. He's like, yeah, so pretty sure. uh, Yeah, Deb just called me. I'm pretty sure she hates me by now. Like, do you have anything you can give her? Or does he say give her or build her? I don't don't remember which one he says. Yeah. but But he's just... Yeah, Pedro is the unsung hero of this movie. He really is. He doesn't have he's, a lot to say, you know? He's kind of the, well, he's, okay, yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't really have a whole lot to say, but he's that person in your life that doesn't talk a whole lot, but whenever he does, it's, it's like worth listening to. Yep, yep. So true. So true. Um, When he tells Deb, I have all your stuff in my locker, you should probably come get it because I can't fit my nunchucks in there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So nunchucks are like not that big too. Right. Yes. They don't take up a whole lot of space. Do you remember? So do you remember the scene with the, where him and yeah, we were quoting earlier where he's like, how much you want to bet I could throw a, throw football over these mountains here. And then uh, Pedro and Napoleon are riding out. This is the other scene that just (laughs) killed me. This is, yeah, I forgot. In my notes, you can see 20 item 25 is the stake. Item 26 is the bike scene with the steak. Because, <laughs> first of all, they're eating steak. This on, raw. It's like, like, it's like it's, they microwaved it's, it. It's raw. Yeah, it's like so raw. And they're eating it like in their laps on the porch. And Kip is sitting there with a knife and fork 
cutting it and then Rico grabs the steak I don't remember him grabbing the steak because in the scene I was like I I had my memory it had been a football that he had thrown at him yes same thing for me I thought it was a football I thought it was a football and then because I was like where is he gonna pull the football out from and then he reaches over grabs Kip's steak not his and just chunks it right at napoleon in his face and he knocks his glasses yeah he hits him square in the face how many times do you think john heater got hit in the face with a steak i don't know but i would love to watch the like the the outtakes of that particular scene oh my god oh my gosh so oh man how hard how much how much would it hurt to be hit in the face with a steak steak is like dense that's the other thing thing about it oh man it's crazy (laughs) i googled it i don't think i'm gonna find a quick answer to that question to that question yeah yeah anyway how are we doing on time i just thought about that we're great we have several minutes so we spent the majority of this episode we were going we were going hard there for a little bit just Going quote after quote after quote. <laughs> oh, but we have more quotes or scenes. How, do you think that the Tupperware scene, the first Tupperware scene, when he pulls the model ship out? <laughs> I it, forgot. Yeah. Okay. So you like that scene? I died whenever. Oh, like, because like when I was younger, I don't think I could appreciate like the nuance. <laughs> like, like just Lance, you look, <laughs> Lance, you, you look like, like a strapping strong, <laughs> strapping young pup. <laughs> I think he says strong. I don't remember. You look like a strong pup. Why don't you see if you could give that give that sucker a tear? He like <laughs> he like barely moves any, like at all. He's like, like he and then he goes, "Don't don't hurt yourself." And he goes, "I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it." <laughs> he looks like so ashamed. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's the that's the scene. That's the scene with uh with uh that Where- the the model shit was like that comes with the Tupperware set, and then she turns. I want, I want that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. And, and then and then him running over the Tupperware. I was going to say, yeah. and then yeah, Kip, yeah, yeah. he's like, uh, he, he runs it over and then he breaks it and he goes, dang it. And just drives off because he, he, drives knew, off. he knew like, I'm not going to be able to sell this now. Can't I look like a now. moron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going back to the editing the so with the bike the bike jumps both i think it's both times one of them makes the jump and the camera zooms in on whoever's standing there uh-huh. it, first time it's pedro second time or no first time it's Napoleon, second napoleon, time it's pedro yeah. or no no the second time it doesn't happen because you just get a wide shot of napoleon racking himself and then falling yes. off the bike but the second scene that probably took them like like probably a, a maybe a couple of weeks or a month to edit was the, when they're putting up the signs all over school with oh, yeah. Pedro riding the unicorn with the mustache <laughs> and the, the sword and um the A team theme songs playing and they are like it's like smack 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 and it's like zooming in on each one and then they like mm-hmm. do the the class pans thing that was really really good editing that was wow. yeah that was really funny uh also speaking of mustaches. Napoleon's so encouraging of Pedro because Pedro's like, uh, it doesn't matter. Like, who would even vote for me anyway? And he goes, well, you're like the only guy who can grow a mustache at the school. So and he's like, that's pretty. That's cool. true. <laughs> and he goes, that's true. That's so sweet. What about what about the grapefruit scene? <laughs> oh my gosh! Is it a grapefruit or a peach? I always thought it was a grapefruit. 
Uncle Rico's driving, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden, poof, ah! <laughs> he like pulls <laughs> over because Napoleon is thrown. I think it's a grapefruit. I think it's a grapefruit. Like, it looked kind of citrusy and not as much like in in kind of watery and less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a peaches it's a just fruit. have a different texture. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uncle Rico's scream was hilarious. Oh, I forgot man. he screamed like man. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh and then gosh. And then he. Uh, what does he call him when he elbows him? Because after that they're wrestling, and then he's like, "Get off of me!" Like, and he calls him something, and then elbows him. Oh, I don't. <sighs> I don't remember. And then and then he falls off of the fence. <laughs> oh, yeah. He falls off of the fence as he's like trying to climb over it. When oh, he, when he gets the uh the scene or the the video from the store of the the dance instructor and he's like, "Yes. Are you ready to get your groove on?" "Yes." <laughs> Which is "Yes." <laughs> and I love it. Like the doors closed. Like if you've seen this, if you've seen the movie over and over, you appreciate stuff like this because the dance at the end is like the big, the big final set piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the door is like seven eighths closed and you can barely see in and barely see the moves that he's doing and getting like completely drenched in sweat right. practicing. But it's just such a funny way to start that montage. He's like, because he gets, he gets the tape from the store, the VHS, and then he plays it and he's like, are you ready to get your crew on? Yes. And then he comes out to get a drink and like chugs the Gatorade really fast in front of LaFonda. And LaFonda's like, why are you so sweaty? I've been dancing. She's like, I got a track from my, a tape from my cousin. Wasn't his cousin, her cousin? It was her cousin. Yeah. 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 And then that's what he, I guess what he uses yes. uh, for the, for the final dance. It's just, I just love how that was it's, constructed. It's so yes. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the first time they interact with each other. I, really the only time isn't it Mm -hmm. and she's like why are you all sweaty other than him taming the stallion for her and kip yeah oh yeah when he's like riding like leaning back (laughs) in the saddle so far deb can you get a picture of me on the stallion real quick (laughs) oh man peace out we kind of covered everything i think we hit like all the highlights all the highlights i mean the whole and boy there are a lot of highlights in this movie yeah honestly here's here's what i have to say if if you haven't revisited napoleon dynamite just go watch time, it like it is so go fun watch it it if it's just one of those movies that's so fun like you said and it like obviously it's super quotable it might be maybe one of it's absolutely one of the most quotable movies if not the most quotable yep. uh i would say top five for sure yeah i would uh, agree. as far as like quotable movies are concerned it's just funny. I feel like it really it represents flyover country very well, I think. And it's like a it's like a recurring eternal inspiration for young filmmakers too. That's another oh, reason yeah. I appreciate it so much because it's like obviously they had great direction and it was all magic when it came down to it, but it was just so low budget. They were just they were just scraping and scrapping everything together and they got their costumes at goodwill. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just so good, so fun. Also Yes, it's so good. This is one of those movies where at first I really wasn't sure what like what time what the time like yes. setting like what timeline not timeline thinking Loki the I multiverse guess. yeah the multiverse yeah where we are on the timeline um, period of time I guess is what I was trying to say what is wrong with me today anyway doesn't matter it's, it's okay, okay. Keep, just okay. keep going okay. keep going I didn't know like when this was set. And so the music kind of tips you off to it as being, it feels like it's almost set in the 80s, mm-hmm. but it's not. They grew, they grew really. up in the 80s. 
Yeah. That, it, that and that sense. was the other thing that's weird. Like, I think they were born in 77 or 76. Okay. And that's like considerably older than like my oldest brother. So they're like, yeah, they are in their 40s now, I guess. And I, I just thought they would have been like in their 30s. So anyway. no, they like the the actors. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I think John Heater is 41 or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then the actor who plays Deb, oh, what is her name? It's Tina. I know it's Tina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tina. She, she was in Majorino. Yes, that's her name. She's she been in a lot in of TV. Veronica Mars. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked her character in that show. So, yeah. anyway. It seemed it, that was one thing I guess we could have done a little bit better on, but like we don't, we haven't done any research on where everyone's gone since Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I feel like often with certain movies like this, these kind of cult classics, that unless it's just a huge name, I feel like a lot of these those people don't necessarily have these great big careers. Like John Heater, he was probably the most well known after following this movie mm-hmm. because he was also on the Bench Warmers and he's he's done a couple other things too. They're trying to like Hollywood is trying to make him work. Yeah, like they're they're just trying so hard to make him work, and I, and that was interesting. Like. He said that he's turned down a bunch of movies because it, it's either too raunchy or too mm-hmm. heavy. And he just wasn't comfortable depicting that. And so I was like, but he's like still do. It looks like a lot of them are still doing yeah. a lot of work, which is awesome. Like, yeah. you know, not the super prestigious or anything like that, but like work is work. You know, it's good. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think, I mean, Haley Duff's not really doing anything right now. I don't think. But the guy who plays Rex, uh, Deirdrick Bader, mm-hmm. he he's in this show, this sitcom called American Housewife, which is on ABC, I think. And it is really funny to my family because it's, my mom doesn't like this comparison, but it's, it's very accurate. It, she's kind of like, he plays the husband of the main character and it's just kind of like this is what my mom is like as a parent mm-hmm. um really cares sometimes cusses it's okay it's just really funny and, and so like he's funny in that show too and then uh john john grease grice grease grease the plays uncle rico i have no idea grice he's i mean that dude's been in a lot of he's been acting for a really long time he mm-hmm. was in i think he was in taken wasn't he he was in t- yes, he was in yeah. Taken. He was in the original Taken? Yeah, he was in the first Taken, I think, as oh, his, you're right. one you're of right. his friends. Was he in Men in Black as well? He was in Men in Black. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been in a lot of things. Kinda oh, like he was in Stick side. It. I forgot he was in Stick It. Who's he in that? Oh, he plays her dad, the main character's dad. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I forgot he was in Stick It. Stick It's one of my all-time favorite movies, too. Yep. So anyway, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Probably the most fun we've had recording something in a while. Yeah. Well, it's all good, you know, but not every, not everything, not every episode we get to cover Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's not every movie we cover is Napoleon Dynamite, which is a movie that a rare movie that you and I have both been watching since we were like 10. Yes. Yes. Because I wasn't allowed to watch most of the things that you've been watching since like your childhood. Yeah. And so I feel like it's, it's honestly super nice. So we both had this movie in common um, that we've been watching. And and a lot of people have been watching this for, like you said, nearly 20 years, which is crazy. It's yeah. No, it's going to be 20. It's going to be 20 years old in three years. 
Oh, that's insane. In two years, um, yeah. That's ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, it's just super, it's great to have a movie that we can just sit here and quote for forever and back yep. each other up. I don't know. Each other. And part I of it's like we watched it recently. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We have I don't know if minds. everyone else is going to think it's as funny as we do, but I think that most people our age do really yes. enjoy Napoleon Dynamites. I think that really shaped because it was like it was yeah for me it was because like my older siblings watched it so of course i wanted to go watch it and Mm -hmm. i watched it as soon as i could and even if like you're the oldest in your family but it was still like you know you you saw it and everyone your age saw it yeah like when it came out so it's kind of like across the board a crowd pleaser for all ages so do you want to share our next Oh, yeah, because it was our, our little teaser. Little teaser. Yeah, teaser. so we teased it earlier. And now we're coming so, in with a stinger. <laughs> coming in. So so our next episode, like we said, it's going to be a Jack Black movie. And it's it's another just really quotable movie. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be covering School of Rock. Woo! Woo! Mint condition. Mint condition. Um, That's my most quoted from <laughs> from School of Rock. I haven't watched this movie in so long. I'm so excited for us to cover School of Rock because it it really is just fantastic. And I'm, I'm excited for us to talk about... That's another quotable one mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and that's going to start our kind of like back to school. Yeah. Sort of so I, yeah, for the next couple episodes. The next couple episodes following Napoleon Dynamite starting with School of Rock are going to be more kind of back to school since it's... Because this when this comes out, it will be August, mm-hmm. and so August, and then going into September, uh, just doing some high school movies or coming of age movies, I guess. Yeah. So that's kind of what the future looks like for us. Uh, I think this year we're going to be better about actually doing scary movies for October. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah. I think we can do ten, but if not, we'll do top five. Do some kind of countdown. Yeah, I think organize. we're going to do some sort of Eric countdown. has very good taste in horror movies, so that'll be fun to get him on some. Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else is coming? I, up? I think we had some ideas, but yeah, Chong uh, Chi is coming basically in about a month, um, a little over yeah. a month. So that'll be fun yeah. to cover. Oh, we'll cover that. You and I might do the Green Knight. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the but Green Knight that will probably that will, evol- that will probably be like a layover episode. Actually. Yeah, well, that'll be a layover episode that you can listen to probably right now um, if you go to our page. So anyway, yes. but that'll be fun. Yeah. That's my so, most anticipated movie of the year. So that has been your most anticipated movie of the past like For two years. five years. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Forever. Oh, Sandlot's another later. movie we should cover at some point. Sandlot? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. a summer movie. Anyway, sorry. I, it's, it is still summer, but it won't be by the time the summer comes out. I mean, season, it'll be t- seasonally, season seasonally, of summer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Any uh, final closing comments, Olivia? No, I think I'm going to go make myself a dang quesadilla. I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to go make myself an undercooked steak in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and then make, make nachos by shredding an entire. Oh yes. We have, cheese. we have to talk about that. I noticed that I was crying laughing uh, at the beginning of the movie guys. When, Napoleon calls Kip and he's making nachos and he's like, I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> he had shredded a little bit of nacho cheese from an entire block. And then at, in the very last scene that you see Kip on the phone with Napoleon, the entire block is shredded on top <laughs> of completely covering 
the tortilla chips and it's so ridiculous and i didn't notice it until this viewing it's so funny you just i just gotta think that they're like bowel movements are terrible and horrible I mean, they like make i just steak think that they are and cheese and uh, yeah they eat, like they eat steak and cheese they need to have some sort of like detox cleanse to get get all that stuff out of their bowels because that's just terrible yep <laughs> well olivia it's been fun um if you're listening to this thank you so much we really appreciate uh your support and your your uh listening please share this with any anyone you love who or anyone you love anyone that you too love. that that's that, that yeah more specifically anyone you know who loves napoleon dynamite who might enjoy this um and hasn't uh, revisited it in a while please remember to uh subscribe uh, especially and leave reviews on apple Podcasts. that helps us out a lot and we'll be back pretty soon and peace out peace out isaac peace out napoleon peace <sighs> out